Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Go. That's what she told me right before. Go. <laughs> go. Maybe we should just leave that in. Mark said go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hit the record button and you were looking down. So I was like, oh man, <laughs> go. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I can hear you click it, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh, okay. It makes a noise when you click the yeah, record button. So, okay. hello. Anyway. Hello. How's it going? It's so good. Look, we're, I'm late. Sorry about that, by the way, to record, not at our, our normal time because I was at my oh. kid's school in my daughter's class. She's in mm-hmm. second grade. And let me tell you, if you ever want to have a huge ego boost, Please go to my daughter's second grade classroom because I walked out of there feeling like I had the most beautiful hair and that (laughs) I smell good. And (laughs) they were so nice, such sweet little kids. And they were so, oh my, we love your hair. Your shirt's so pretty. You smell so good. You always pack her the best lunches. Like you're such a great mom. I'm like, yeah, it was all done. And the teacher's like, okay, we're done. You can go. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to. Okay, here. (laughs) Feel happy here. Yeah. I I think I've said that about, um, any, any like younger kid class, mm-hmm. like, you walk in and like, they are like, and it's specifically the girls. I mean, the boys are nice and everything, but the girls will be like, you're a really pretty shirt on. Yes. They, and they mean it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they, like, they do. They really mean it when they're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe yeah. them. <laughs> right. yeah. I do too. So I feel great. Good. Uh, good. I'm glad that you have started your morning off strong. <laughs> yes, me too. Hope everyone else feels great also. We love and appreciate you guys. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I've been talking about the amount of listens we're getting these days and it's getting up there. Yeah. Getting- I was shocked because I've been reading numbers wrong this whole entire time. And I just learned literally last night that I was reading them wrong and I thought it was half what it was. And Mm -hmm. so Christy informs me like, no, you're reading it wrong. It's actually this. I was like, whoa, congratulations (laughs) to us. I had no idea. (laughs) Cheers to us. Yeah. I was like, dang. (laughs) You definitely can see it when like – you know, we gain a few listeners or whatever, like you see it in those like charts and stuff. And it's amazing to me because I'm like, where are these people coming from? Yeah. We, we also <laughs> were talking about how she was like, I analyze these numbers almost every day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally surface skim those numbers <laughs> like once a week. <laughs> like, there's two types of people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, it's good that we're opposite. <laughs> That's right. We make a good team. So what's yeah, going on? Yeah. What's happening with you? Tell me your things. Um, well, I, <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. It was speaking of two types of people. There's lazy and non-lazy, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm as you have described me and Emery in the lazy boat <laughs> today. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, uh, we were... Beth and I were texting last night as when we, this could be any day we're always texting, but anyway, True. um, and I was like, I'm going to go play cards with Emery. I'll talk to you later, whatever, blah. And 
as I finished texting that, I started laughing to myself because if you guys knew, which I'm about to tell you, how Emery and I play cards, (laughs) (laughs) we play each other on an app. (laughs) He has his computer or tablet and I have mine. (laughs) And we sit on the couch while we're watching whatever. And so we don't actually use cards because it's more comfortable (laughs) to sit on the couch with our tablets. So we play – we're into cribbage right now. So we're playing cribbage on our tablets. (laughs) She says to me. I'm like, why? (laughs) And she's like, well, because when you play cards, you have to have a table and like set up. Wow. (laughs) She's like, this is just how we're doing it right now. Okay. (laughs) It's not like we don't ever play cards at a table with actual cards. Or like right now, I'm like, I want to like interact in some way, except like besides just staring at a screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, But we are talking about the game. Like we do like make comments. Anyways, like we were if we were sitting there playing the cards. But anyways, it's just it was funny. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it really hit me when I said, I'm going to go play cards with Emery. And then I got on the couch with my tablet. Yeah, I'm picturing things so differently in my head when you say, right. when you say that. So you will not. Now anymore. I'm going to be like, well, she's not going to set up. So yeah, <laughs> she's laying down on in her couch. Yeah. Don't explain things. It's just where we are right now in life, guys. We are so exhausted. (laughs) That's true. At night with all of the kid stuff that you – like, I want to do something, but I want to sit on the couch. Yeah. To be comfortable. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just where we are at night. We literally plop on our couch almost every night and, like, look at each other like, thank goodness we've got each other because I don't know if we can get through it without (laughs) – yeah, oh, I'm glad you have each other too. That's so true, though. Yeah. We're like that too. I mean, it's last mm-hmm. night we didn't have anything, like no sports, nothing for like mm-hmm. the first time in two weeks or something, and probably the last time for a couple more weeks. And we were like, "What are we gonna do? Should we do something? What are we gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, let's don't do anything. <laughs> Just stay right here." Yeah, so we did. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Perfect. And it was. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I don't know if you want to go dive into a story now, but I do. Me and my beautiful hair and my nice shirt <laughs> want to tell you a crime. You do look beautiful. Thank you. You're beautiful too. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. Get it. Get your beverage. I've got it. I have it. I have it. This case was suggested by our listener, Heidi. Great name. Isn't that a great name? Uh, Heidi, mm-hmm. I just love it. Love mm-hmm. that name. Like, I, I would have named name. my daughter that if I could get it, my husband on board, but love Aww. Heidi. Super cute name. Heidi is from a small town in Michigan called White Cloud. And this case mm. takes place there, which is also a great name, White Cloud. Doesn't it just sound like I want to live there? I know. Like I'm from White Cloud. Where is it in Michigan? In Michigan. No, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look it up. I know Got it's it. really tiny. The town is only like 1,400 people. Oh, so I'm really going to look small. it up on my maps while you're talking because I okay. just like like the um, picture it. Okay, so super cute named town. 
super cute named listener, Heidi from White Cloud. <laughs> Heidi okay. does have a slight connection to the victim in this case, which I will talk oh. about towards the end. Um, this case does involve a 13-year-old. So keep that in mind as we move forward. You know me. I don't like the children. So I just like to warn people when kids are involved because, well, kids, you know? Right. Yeah. So this mm -hmm. is the case of Amanda Lanky. Okay. Amanda Nicole Lanky was born on June 1st, 1991 in Tennessee. She had a large family with two brothers and four sisters. From what I can tell, some of them are half-siblings. Mm -hmm. Her mom is Victoria Lanky, but there's no mention of her dad. So I'm not sure what his name is or was or if he's alive or deceased or not involved or whatever. There's just like literally no mention of him, even mm -hmm. in her obituary. He's not listed as a survivor or as being preceded oh. in depth. He's just like, I don't know him. Okay. Okay. Who he is. At some point in Amanda's life, the family moved to White Cloud, Michigan, near her grandparents. So, like I said, it's a super small town, 1,400 people, and Amanda loved it. She loved living in White Cloud. She had a lot of friends there. Loved it so much. Did you find where it was? I did. I didn't know. I wasn't, didn't want to interrupt you, but it's just nor north of Grand Rapids. And it's like on the western side of the um, state, not quite on the coast, but Grand Rapids, western part of Michigan. Got it. Okay. When Amanda was a preteen, her family moved from Michigan to northern Florida. And Amanda would go back to White Cloud during the summer or for breaks from school to stay with her grandparents and visit all of her friends because she just yeah. really loved it there. Mm -hmm. So during the summer of 2004, Amanda went back to White Cloud to spend the summer. So it was June 2004. Amanda had just turned 13 and she was staying with her grandparents. At that time, she was preparing to start eighth grade at Powell Middle School in Spring Hill, Florida mm. in the fall. She loved school. She had good grades. She loved to listen to music and dance and write poetry. She loved spending time with her friends and talking on the phone. She liked to experience experiment with makeup. And she loved butterflies. So she just sounds like the perfect little 13-year-old. Yes. In my opinion. On the night of June 20th, 2004, Amanda was staying the night with her best friend in White Cloud. Okay. She was having a sleepover. She was in town. She was visiting. This is her best friend. She hasn't seen her in a while, so she slept over at her house. The next morning, the morning of June 21st, the friend woke up to Amanda gone and the bedroom window open. Hmm. So all of Amanda's stuff was still there. Her bag, her clothes, anything that she had brought with her was all left, but Amanda was missing. The friend said that she didn't hear anything, that she would have no idea where Amanda would have gone. She didn't say anything to her about leaving, nothing like that. She didn't wake her up, nothing. Amanda's grandparents were immediately notified and Amanda was reported missing. Initially, Amanda was thought to have run away. Oh, huh. So this is frustrating sometimes to me when law enforcement assumes that children are runaways. Just initially. Well, but, I just, because I'm like, well, does she, 
Did she even seem like the kind of kid that was going to run away? She seemed like she was a happy kid. So what exactly. what would her reason be to run away? That's exactly right. So, but because they this was their theory, an Amber Alert was never issued. So Amanda's mom, Victoria, um, I know you're shaking your head. We hear this all the time. Why don't they just put the Amber Alert out even if it's a runaway? She's 13. A hundred percent. Freaking find her. She's a child. (laughs) Even if she ran away. She's a child and we don't know where she is. Right. Yeah. Right. I uh, agreed. Okay. So, Okay. okay. To her mom, Victoria, she comes to White Cloud and law enforcement began asking around and searching, trying to figure out where Amanda was, where she possibly had gone. Investigators did find that she had been communicating with a person online whose handle was Skit Skitzokilla. Oh, Lord have mercy. So to them, this reinforced their theory that she possibly had voluntarily left to go meet someone. Okay, not all of the messages are released, but the ones that were, from what I can tell, they don't discuss like meeting up or a plan to meet Mm. up or even like, does he live in White Cloud? Like they don't even talk about that. It's more Mm. just like, hey, what's up? Are you up? What are you doing? Those kinds of things. Mm. But this is the theory the police had. Her family, however, and friends did not believe that she had run away. For one, she didn't take any of her stuff. None of it. Right. She just left it all there. So, like, she had no, I mean, like, you'd take your stuff if you were running away. Especially if you packed a bag to go stay the night with your friend. You'd take the packed bag. Yeah, exactly. Two. Because if you're planning to run away, then maybe that's where all all your stuff is. And you're like, oh, I have this bag to go over to my friend's house, but it's really got everything I need. Yeah. I'm leaving. Right. You take it. So, then also, she, like you said, she had no reason to run away. She was visiting right. a town that she'd been homesick for for months, and she was with friends that she had missed and was excited to spend the summer with. She was exactly where she wanted to be. So where would she go? Yeah, right. Okay, so missing posters were made, and her family and friends took to the media with pleas for her safe return, but days and days go by with no sign of Amanda. Then on July 5th, 2011, exactly two weeks after Amanda went missing, the body of a young girl was found by mushroom hunters in Manistee National Forest. Oh. And so when I was researching this, didn't this happen before that mushroom hunters found? That's that's one of the sounded so familiar when you said it. I'm like mushroom hunters. (laughs) Right. I thought it too. I'm like this, I have deja vu here. This has happened Mm -hmm. before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's found in Manistee National Forest, which is about five miles away from where she'd gone missing. Okay. The body was later identified as 13 year old Amanda Lanky. Okay. Real quick trigger. Mm -hmm. Here it goes. Okay. Okay. Amanda was found covered in blood, still in her pajamas. Amanda's head and face had been beatily, brutally beaten with what they believe was like a cylinder, like a cylindrical, long cylindrical mm-hmm. type okay. object. So either a baseball bat or a metal pipe, something okay. shaped like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Her cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma to the head and jaw. Again, it was a very brutal beating. I heard an interview that her mom gave. Um, after the fact that said they actually had to put her skull back together in order to determine how many <gasps> times she had actually been hit. Oh my gosh. So 
Yeah, really bad. Investigators believed that she had been killed somewhere else and then put in the forest after she was murdered. And they do believe that she had been dead since June 21st. So since she had gone missing. Oh, wow. So they don't think she was held anywhere. There is uh, other things that I think happened to her that the police did not release. Mm. So, you know, some of those things that they keep close to their, to the investigation so that um, Mm -hmm. only a killer would know and they're able to ID. Right, right. I think we can maybe assume what those things were, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's never stated anywhere. Okay. Okay. So now a murder investigation began. Investigators fan out and they look at anyone who had any connection with Amanda, her family, her friends, their families, and they're never able to determine the identity of the person she was chatting with online, the schizo killer. So like they Mm -hmm. asked that person to come forward. They never did. They interviewed over 400 people in the town of White Cloud, which keep in mind the town only has 1,400 Right. So a lot of interviews, like literally everyone that lives there. They conducted numerous lie detector tests and submitted evidence for DNA, although they did say that there was very little evidence found on or around Amanda's body. Amanda's partial remains were given to the family for burial, but investigators did keep some of her remains as evidence. Mm. So they only gave her family part of her remains and then they kept some police found a journal entry of amanda's that had been made sometime before her murder trigger again Mm. she wrote about that she had been molested by a man and went into detail about what happened to her and in the entry part of it had been torn out of the journal And investigators believed that the part that was removed was the part that included the man's name that had Mm. us called her. So she doesn't ever say who it was. They did ask her friends about this and like about the entry and has she ever talked to you about this? And her friends did report that some of them reported that she did confess to them that she'd been been molested. And she told them that the man who had done this to her was her best friend's stepfather. Cecil Wallace Sr., which just so happened to be the very house she was staying at the night that she was killed. Oh, no. So, and that's where her journal was her journal at that house. It doesn't say where the journal was found. I'm assuming probably because she's out of town. Right. So, well, I didn't know if she left it at her grandparents or whatever for the night, not knowing. But anyway, right. Yeah. It doesn't ever say where it was found. So, Police look hard into Cecil Wallace Sr., but no evidence could ever be uncovered to legally connect him to Amanda's murder or to any sexual abuse. Hmm. Interestingly, Cecil's sister, her name is Candace Wallace Bumgardner, was an officer at the department there in White Cloud. So she worked for White Cloud Police Department, and she was very heavily involved in helping Cecil and the family with all of the questioning and the investigation into Amanda's allegations and her murder. And she's actually listed in the reports as the family's consultant. Okay. Okay. So Candace had previously worked for another police department in Michigan, but she was fired 
1999, five years before, because she falsified an accident report for her brother, Cecil Wallace Sr. He got into a car accident and she wrote in the report that he had hit a deer with his car, but actually he was under the influence. Lord have mercy. So there's a history there, some shady Wallace family business when it comes to the law. But again, no concrete evidence was ever found to definitively connect Cecil to Amanda's murder. So it's mm. just all like rumors, this journal entry, and the fact that she was at his house. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nine subpoenas were issued as a part of the investigation. Seven of them belonged to Cecil Wallace Sr. or a member of his family. So we can't say they weren't trying. <laughs> like they, right. They all were right. trying. Yeah. But they just never found anything. And so the years passed on. I can't imagine like how frustrating it was and like haunting for this family and her friends and like the entire town essentially because they they felt like they knew mm-hmm. who did this to her, like who harmed her and that his cop sister was helping cover it up. Right. And they can't Gosh. do a dang thing about it. So that <sighs> would suck. The Wallace family does report that they were harassed and villainized by the people in the town throughout all of these years. Mm. So we'll find out if all of those suspicions about them are correct right after this break. In 2008, four years after Amanda's death, the Michigan investigators are still working on this case. They're at their wit's end. So they send Amanda's case to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in Washington, D.C., in hopes of getting fresh eyes on it or more resources, possibly. So a team from um, D.C. goes to Michigan and spends some time going over Amanda's case and all the evidence, but they also were not able to make a strong enough connection to anyone to warrant an arrest or charges being filed or anything like that. A reward was offered to anyone who had any information leading to an arrest or a conviction, but again, the years pass on. Hmm. Then, in 2011, seven years after Amanda's death, a 27-year-old brave-ass woman came forward. So she's unnamed in all the reports, so that's what I'm calling her. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Good name. Yeah. She's B-A-W. She lived in Texas but had grown up in White Cloud, Michigan, and she was searching on the internet about crimes in her hometown just out of curiosity. Hmm. Hello, fellow sleuther. Mm-hmm. Right. While searching, this woman, brave ass woman, came across Amanda's murder. And when she saw whose house Amanda had disappeared from, Cecil Wallace Seniors, her heart sank because this woman had been sexually assaulted by Cecil back in 1998 when she was 13, just like Amanda. Was she friends with his stepkids? The brave woman said that she had been friends with one of Cecil's stepdaughters and was at a sleepover at their home, just like Amanda, when Cecil sexually assaulted her as well as his own stepdaughter. (gasps) 
So both of the girls were super threatened. If they ever told anybody, they Cecil threatened them. And these women, they just, they said he was angry. He was scary. They're 13. They've just been assaulted by a grown man. So they just kept each other's secret for all Mm. of these years. So this woman, brave ass woman, immediately contacted the stepdaughter, her friend, and her family, and then she contacted authorities, and she reported her sexual assault to the Michigan police. And is like, listen, this happened to me. I know what he's capable Mm -hmm. of. He has done Mm -hmm. something to this young girl. Investigators were on it. I mean, they were on it. So this began, they began like re-interviewing people in town, and they were now asking about sexual assault victims. Of Cecil and other women actually did come forward. And in October of 2011, Cecil Wallace Sr. was arrested and charged with three counts of first degree criminal sexual conduct with girls between the ages of 13 and 16 during the period of time between 1998 and 2002. So we had multiple victims over Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And he was also officially named a person of interest in Amanda Lanky's murder. Oh, wow. Wow. So he bailed out of jail on a $150,000 bond, probably posted by his sister, Candace. Mm, yeah. I roll, I roll. Mm-hmm. And it's reported that he worked for a towing company and that people would picket outside the company, like holding signs saying that he was a rapist and that he was a murderer and that justice needed to be served. So, like, they're coming after him. Mm -hmm. He was scheduled for his preliminary hearing on November 10th, 2011, in which he would most likely be indicted for the sexual assaults. However, in a twist, that morning, Cecil was reported missing. What? He was later found near his car in a remote location in Goodwill Township, which is just outside of White Cloud, he was found dead with a <gasps> self-inflicted wound. It doesn't uh, say what it was. It just says wound. Overcame him. He was 43 years old. 43-year-old piece of crap. Mm. So police issued a search warrant for his home because they're like, okay, he, yeah, like same. He, he feels bad, mm-hmm. guilty. He's, he knew he was caught. Mm-hmm. So they say they were looking into any evidence that Amanda could have been killed in that home. And planks of wood were taken out. Drywall was removed from the home. But it was never released or said one way or another if anything was ever formally linked to Amanda's death. Like, did they find blood in the drywall? We don't know. They never say. Mm-hmm. So. So Cecil Wallace Sr. to this day has never formally been charged with Amanda's murder. Okay. Well, I mean, can he being dead? You know, yes. If they find evidence to do that, yes. Like they're not just going to say, in my experience, dead people have been determined like, okay, yeah, they definitely killed this person. Okay. They can't be punished for it because they're dead, but at least they can... They know the case can can be closed and all that kind of stuff. Right. So this Mm -hmm. case is not closed. Mm -hmm. 
In 2013, the remainder of Amanda's remains were returned to her family because remember they kept some of her stuff Mm -hmm. and her body was actually exhumed and then reburied because her family wanted her to be laid to rest like complete whole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be like fully at peace. Okay. All right. Now get this. This is crazy. So in 2014, Candace Wallace Bumgardner, Cecil's cop sister, and her son, Marcus, were arrested for perjury during Amanda's murder investigation. The son, too? Yeah. Well, the son, it's not clear whether he was arrested for perjury during, like, as a result of her investigation or related to her investigation. So what they said that he lied about was, okay, so Cecil Wallace Sr. is the one that mm-hmm. they believe who murdered Amanda. He has a son, Cecil Jr., mm-hmm. which is Marcus's cousin. Got it. Right? So we've got Cecil and Candace, brother and sister, her son Marcus, his son Cecil Jr., Mm -hmm. our cousins. Cecil Jr. was like a really bad guy. Like he was very – he was like arrested for like holding women against their will and like false imprisonment and assault and all this stuff. And he was on – fall far from the tree, huh? Exactly. And Mm -hmm. he was on parole. And so he was supposed to be living in a certain location – but he was actually living with Marcus and Marcus oh. lied about it and said he wasn't living with him. So he was charged with perjury because he lied about that. Okay. Okay. So Candace was charged with perjury because, so she was a cop, remember, and she was not supposed to be involved in the investigation. Like as a police officer, she could be involved like as the family as a consultant. consultant, right? <laughs> she couldn't be involved as law enforcement. And, she had told investigators she never was, that she never saw any of the evidence. She never, you know, she was never involved at all. And it actually ended up coming out that she was present at the crime scene when Amanda's body was found and like crossed the tape. So like the tape is up to keep Mm -hmm. people who are not law enforcement out, but she crossed over into the tape, which makes her a part of the investigation. So she was charged with perjury for that. She actually ended up taking a plea deal and pleading guilty to that. And she was sentenced. So get ready for this. This is so annoying. She was sentenced to 30 consecutive weekends in jail. What the? So ridiculous. Whatever. She was also, as a part of her plea deal, ordered to take a polygraph test regarding Amanda's case in the hopes that she would like divulge more information about Amanda's murder or Cecil or any type of involvement from the family, but the results have never been released. Mm. So I don't know if anything ever actually came of that. Candace claims to this day that her brother is innocent and that she never covered for him because like, what is there to cover for? He didn't do anything. So sadly, Amanda's murder has never officially been solved And the sexual assault victims of Cecil Wallace never saw justice for the man that victimized them as children. Everyone, including law enforcement and me, believe that Cecil Wallace Sr. killed Amanda and that his sister and possibly other family members helped him, like cover it Mm -hmm. up or coached him in some way. Amanda's mother, Victoria, travels back to White Cloud for every, like, special birthday and holds a memorial service for Amanda. They did one when she turned 18, 21, and then just this past June, June of 2022, they held one for what would have been her 30th birthday. 
and I watched the memorial service. Twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, what I say? Uh, you said twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Nope. Yeah, sorry. Twenty twenty one. It would have been her thirtieth birthday, and I saw in an interview um, that her mom was saying that one of the most heartbreaking things to her is that Amanda had just turned thirteen, like a couple weeks before her murder, and she never got to experience like teenage things let alone live a full life. She didn't even get to like be a teenager really. So, okay. So our listener, Heidi, who suggested this case, she's from white cloud, Michigan, like I said, and she went to the same high school as Amanda. I'm sorry, not same high school, same elementary school as Amanda. She was like a little bit younger than her, but Mm. she knew who she was. She remembers this happening. She remembers her disappearing and the murder happening. And she wanted our listeners to know that Amanda's mother, whose name is Victoria Foster now, she started a campaign to change the way law enforcement handles the disappearance of children. So I researched this a lot. And in that research, I found that the campaign is to ban the term runaway Mm -hmm. and to ensure that every child that disappears gets handled as a vulnerable or endangered missing person which would trigger aggressive protocols, including an Amber Alert. So like you said, who cares if they're a runaway? They're missing and they're a Mm -hmm. child. So they should be treated as like worst case scenario every time. Mm -hmm. So her mom does know that an Amber Alert was most likely too late for Amanda. Like she was probably already killed before an Amber Alert could have been issued. But she does hope that this will help change like, the course of investigations going forward and save other children before they're harmed so that they can be found before they're actually ever hurt. Right. And that is the case of Amanda Lanky. Wow. Cool. Also, if you have any information regarding the murder of Amanda or if you've ever been victimized by Cecil Wallace Sr. and just so happened to be listening and want to come forward, I will post information in our show notes where you can do that or message us and I will get you to the right people. Wow. Yes, please. Does the, the listener, um, Heidi, right? Yep. Does she still live in White Cloud? Yeah. Yes. I, I think so. Said that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm pretty sure because she said things like, I remember this happening here, mm-hmm. which would indicate that she presently is there. Right. <laughs> but I yeah. didn't ask her specifically. So, right. Okay. Cool. Wow. Well, Mm, so sad. So, so sad. Ooh, and I, I'm with you. I'm jumping on the Cecil freaking did it train. Oh, you 100% did. Yeah. Like that's, ugh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's such a coward for. You know what? It just grosses me out though to think about like, what if the cop sister was like, Cecil, did you do this? And he was like, yeah, I did it. And she's like, all right, then you need to clean up evidence. And like, did she help him do that? So that they could and find did, his DNA. Well, that and did she then also help him go missing and aid in his coward right. escape? Right. Or like tipped him off. Like, look, dude, you're going down for this. You better skedaddle. Mm-hmm. Right. Either way, despicable. All of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this my least favorite of least favorites because it's kids and it's unsolved. <laughs> and I hate them both. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's yeah. 
It's terrible, terrible. I don't. I'm not a kid fan. I probably you probably dislike them more than me, but. I mean, I'm a kid fan. I'm not a kid crime fan. <laughs> right. We don't like it when kids are hurt. It's terrible. It gives me nightmares. I'm not a kid fan, but I got three of them. So. <laughs> Look, that happens sometimes too. <laughs> anyway, anyways. Well, thank you, Heidi, for bringing that case because that's yes. definitely, I'm sure, I mean, I, I would imagine a much lesser known case than most and out there. Oh, 100%. I never would have found that. And But also to think like how many people in that town, how many young girls in that town did he victimize? I know. And I said to Heidi, I'm like, I hope you didn't know him. <laughs> like, I really hope you didn't. Did she know him? No, she didn't. Thank God. Just maybe knew of him. Right. Well, she knew yeah. when this well, happened. Yeah. Case. Right. But, yeah. Well, I didn't know since she went to the same school if she knew any of like the stepkids or whatever. Like well, maybe she probably was a did. friend. But yeah. Gosh. Awful, how scary. Right? Even just to think like how close you were to something. Like, I mean, how close you were to possibly even being a victim like in this tiny town because it's a small town anyway gosh well anyways thank you for researching it even though i know you probably hated every minute of it (laughs) it was an interesting case yeah very twisty it was twisty i know you well you had said you had like so many sources and i was like what the heck (laughs) oh yeah it was because it was like snippets of news um, um, briefs, mm. and I just had to watch one after the other, after the other, after, and they're all like three minutes, four minutes, two minutes, and then just oh, had to yeah, put yeah. it all together to like he was arrested, then he died, then the sister was arrested, and then she, you know, it was like just all these different like clips that right, I had right, to put right. together. So YouTube was running hot at my house this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right. Well, anyways, again, thanks for bringing us that story. Um. Find us on social, you know, keep, keep informed of what we're doing. Join our Patreon guys. We've got a Patreon. Yeah, we do. In case you haven't noticed. I mean, we've been posting about it. Twisty stories on that too. And we've got twisty stories, like some interesting ones. And they, and most of them are things that we have wanted to do, but because you guys are so awesome and send us recommendations all the time, case suggestions, we don't ever get to the stuff that we want to do. So we do it on there. And we also do other um, two episodes. Basically, we're doing two two episodes a month, essentially. Mm-hmm. We've got and one's like uh, we call it silly, but it's not always silly. Sometimes it's product recommendations. Sometimes it's just fun facts from a calendar. You never know. You don't know what you're missing until you try it. So shoot on over to shows we're watching, stuff we're listening yeah. to. Three bucks, guys. Three bucks a month. That's all it is. <laughs> anyways find us over there find us on the social and just always remember the world is scary people suck hide in your closets <laughs>